All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This hour, we're taking a look at some podcasts that have been keeping us company. And first, we're turning into one that is designed specifically for these times. Quite literally, it is aptly named, well, this isn't normal, and is hosted by stand-up comedian, author, and mental health care advocate, Sarah Benincasa. Benincasa has written and spoken extensively about mental health awareness and realized how important it is to have these conversations, especially now with so many people isolated from others. Since March 16th, She's been releasing an episode almost every day covering topics from different easy-to-do relaxation techniques to how other people in the creative industries are handling the crisis. For example, the newest episode of Well, This Isn't Normal, which comes out today, features her interview with the great writer Roxanne Gay. I am happy to welcome Sarah Benincasa to all of it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Allison. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan and an occasional uh, WNYC donor, so I'm super stoked to get to talk to you. Well, I'm going to say thank you, and thank you for both of those. (laughs) So in this moment, you know, you've done so many different things. Why did you want to return to podcasting as opposed to writing a column or having a YouTube channel or an Insta story, Instagram TV? There's so many different content delivery systems these days. Why podcasting? Well, I think that as I've gotten older, my career has moved so much more from um, on-camera performance, although I still do that sometimes, um, but to writing, to writing books, to writing columns, to writing articles and essays and scripts and things like that. And I love broadcasting, but um, I'm a former, from years ago, radio host and producer, and I always love that medium. I think it's such an intimate medium. I mean, you know, from your show, the, the fans of your show are very devoted because they can listen to it streaming or the podcast. They can take you with them wherever they go. And that felt very important to me at a time when we're all feeling either extraordinarily crowded with our roommates and family or quite isolated, like myself. I live alone. And so it was a way for me to be of service. And honestly, it's I mean, it keeps me sane and sober, along with other things that I do. Um, So it's an excuse to make my friends talk to me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, on day two of your show, back on March 17th, remember that, everybody, March 17th? You called the show When They Just Won't Stay Home, and you made this observation that some people who weren't being responsible about social distancing, you said, some people ain't that quick on the uptake. Um, and then you went on, it's really, and that, that's the, the comic in you, um, but you use the lessons you learned in sobriety to approach people who aren't taking this seriously as they should. What were some of those lessons that you learned in sobriety? Well, so as a sober person and in, in the particular program that, that I work, and there are plenty of programs that work for people, everybody finds their own way, but in the, the one that I work and in um, working with an addiction therapist, one of the things that I work on is taking what the psychologist and podcaster uh, Tara Brock calls the sacred pause. And I've heard other people call it that as well. Um, So I don't know who originated that, whether it was her or someone else, but the idea of inserting that pause between, oh my God, I can't believe she said that, 
take a pause before screaming. I mean, I'm from Jersey. I can go off. Like, oh, <laughs> my lady. Jersey girls <laughs> hello, in the house. Fellow, hello, fellow traveler. Greetings, my <laughs> sister. <laughs> so, you know, when you're raised um, culturally to be very direct, uh, that's one thing, and that's a wonderful thing. But as we learn when we travel through this world, if we are natives of the New York metro area, perhaps, uh, sometimes that is not the best way to communicate. But beyond that, beyond the sort of um, cultural differences in communication, there, there is also, there's a place where direct... Oh, do we lose Sarah? There's places where direct... Let's see. Hey, Matt... Can you get Sarah back on the line? This is one of those times when you're not in the studio with the engineer and eye contact would be awesome, but we don't have it right now. My guest is Sarah Benincasa. We're trying trying to talk to her about her new podcast. Well, isn't this Well, this isn't normal. We're going to Oh, she's calling back. Okay. Well, let me tell you what we have coming up in the rest of the hour while Sarah we get Sarah back on the line. My WMC colleague Rebecca Carroll has a new podcast out called Coming Through, which is come through, excuse me, which is going to be all about race in the 2020 election. And then also we're going to talk to someone who's been researching and writing about the Tiger King. You may have seen this on Netflix, but he's been at it for a really long time and he's had a podcast. So we're talking about the details of what he saw, as well as take your recommendations for casting Tiger King, because, you know, you've done it in your head and uh, that's all coming your way. But I think the technology is working now. Sarah Benincasa, are you there? I have returned. And let me just say, that was not WNYC technology. That was Sarah Benincasa enthusiastically hitting the mute and then hang up button with her face. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry, Allison. My apologies. You just got into it. I appreciate the passion. Um, All right. Keep your Keep your face away from the mute. That's all I'm going to ask. <laughs> so it's interesting the, that over the I want to talk about the sort of the production of the podcast because the first couple of episodes it was it was just you. What what did you mm-hmm. want to establish in those first episodes? Well, in the first few episodes, I wanted to establish that I wanted to establish a relationship with the listener. I wanted the listener to know that they could hear me as a soothing voice who sometimes is, is a goofball and sometimes probably isn't soothing, sometimes is just ridiculous. But that's okay too, right? That that laughter is therapeutic. Um, and also, honestly, I was just finding time to set up interviews with friends. So I thought, all right, the first couple are just going to be me and emphasizing relaxation. And uh, then I'm going to start bugging friends and acquaintances and kind people to see if they can um, can help me out and can do the podcast. And so that's been fun. I, I record it sometimes in my closet, sometimes on my bed, and sometimes in my workspace, which is basically my kitchen. So you started to have guests. What did you look for in a guest? What did you, what did you want the guests to add to the podcast? I've been looking for guests. And my first guest was actor-producer John Cryer, a Bronx High School of Science graduate, and I student-taught at Bronx Science, so I was very excited about that. Um, but I, I knew that John would be incredibly thoughtful and funny. I was looking for people who would open up to me and share with me ways in which they relax and deal with anxiety, not just now, but in any times. because my hope is that 
the podcast will have a life beyond this quarantine phase. I think you know, I've suffered from panic attacks and agoraphobia since I was a child. And mm. so for a lot of us, that's just something that happens. Um, and I think that after this is over, there will be people who have a lot of anxiety about going outside again and other things. So, so I wanted to talk to people who could provide evergreen tips, even as we joke in sometimes a very dark fashion about what we're dealing with now as we mourn, as we grieve, as we talk about fear, and, and as we talk about happy things as well. My guest is Sarah Benincasa. Her podcast is called Well, This Isn't Normal. So the range of the guests has been interesting. Actors and meditation teachers. A couple of days ago, you had Nicole Thurman on. People might remember her from Shrill and Black Lady Comedy Sketch Show. This was an interesting meeting of the, for the two of you. Why did you want to have this young working actor on the show? I just think Nicole is so talented. <laughs> We've never mm-hmm. met in person. Um, she, my friend, uh, Ashley Nicole Black, who will be on the podcast soon, um, has, has worked on uh, projects that, that Nicole Thurman's been a, a part of as well. So I guess I must have sort of discovered, quote unquote, discovered her that way. She has a very nice reputation. She doesn't need my help. But also, Nicole is very interesting to me for a lot of reasons. I mean, she's a woman with a mixed race background who grew up with two sisters raised in Kansas. And so she has this this Midwestern um, this kind of Midwestern attitude, but there's also something super New York about her. Um, and it's very funny to see how she can switch from one to the other. And she's just such a gifted actress. She makes me laugh. She does a lot of front-facing, you know, comedian character videos, which I love. I also love uh, Meg Stalter, who's in New York, who does those mm-hmm. as well. And I just wanted to, to see what was up. Like, she's just... I don't know. She's Nicole is, is just a very special performer. So that was a sometimes it's a chance just for me to geek out and get people I like to talk to me. Had you ever thought of of hosting a mental health podcast before before this moment? I had thought about it. I used to co-host a podcast with my friend Marcus Parks called Sex and Other Human Activities, which ostensibly was about love and sex, but it really wasn't because we would end up talking about relationships and mental health um, all the time. And I believe that podcast is still ongoing with a different co-host. I'm not positive, though. Um, yeah, I, I had thought about it, but and I've, but I've been on so many good ones, like Mental Illness Happy Hour, and I mean, that's just one of many. Um, so I didn't know what I could bring to it. I travel and speak at colleges and corporations about mental health awareness and destigmatizing um, mental health issues, advocating for affordable access and things like that. Uh, but I, I guess I just never knew what my way in would be. And then uh, it turns out that it's this because I have, as somebody who used to be afraid, I was housebound. I was afraid to leave my own room, much less my apartment. Um, and that's the subject of my memoir, Agora Fabulous. So I thought, okay, uh, I have something specifically weird and hopefully helpful to offer so that I can be of service. And honestly, it's totally selfish, Allison. Like, it's very selfish altruism because it makes me feel better. You know, win-win. We call that one a win-win. It's okay. Totally. <laughs> what have you learned? As you, It's interesting. You mentioned you speak at colleges and in corporate environments. What have you learned about attitudes around mental health and the way people are thinking about mental health currently? I have learned that I love Gen Z so much (laughs) because they are the best. They're so creative. They're so awake and aware, I guess, because they've been 
part of it must be access to information that they've had since they were, I mean, I'm 39. Um, we got the internet in my house, I guess, in high school. But these kids have grown up with it. So there are pitfalls to that for sure, and they talk about that to me. But um, they have a lot more access to information, and they can find other people who are like them. They're very much more open than my sort of, um, I guess, Oregon Trail generation is what I've heard it called, Zennials between Gen <laughs> X and Millennials. But much more open about suicide prevention, su- you know, anti-suicide uh, uh, campaigns and things like that much more frank about it. Um, Also, what's really special to me is when uh, young cisgender men stay afterwards to talk to me. I find that those are, uh, broadly speaking, often the people who, when they stay after and speak to me, do so with the most trepidation Mm -hmm. and uh, shame. Um, Whereas, and I'm not I mean, I have lots of ideas about why that might be, but um, it's very special to see that some of these young men are beginning to seek care. And if they're fortunate enough to be in college or university, that may be the first and only time they have access to low-cost or no-cost care very easily. My guest is author Sarah Benincasa. She's the host of the new podcast, Well, This Isn't Normal. So one of the things you offer in your podcast are relaxation techniques for listeners. Are these techniques you've picked up along the way in life? Have you you studied this? Is this just something that comes to you naturally? Well, because I um, had what we once called a nervous breakdown um, when I was 21, in quaint old terms, and had to drop out of college and um, literally, you know, have my parents hold a hand. I was very fortunate uh, and practice with me walking outside to the end of the driveway and back. I mean, it was really, you know, really bad, like certainly a nightmare, I think, for any parent to have a kid of any age experience that level of depression. But what really helped me besides um, medication and cognitive behavioral therapy um, and yoga and nutrition, like maybe don't drink caffeine all the time, uh, or alcohol, I would later find, (laughs) was Mm -hmm. was, was breath work. Um, I learned from Sharon Salzberg, from John Kabat-Zinn, from Tara Brock, from Thich Nhat Hanh, from the Dalai Lama, um, and just long distance. Nobody was coming over to my house (laughs) teaching me. And so I wanted to be of service by offering some of those, um, some of those simple lessons like Dan Harris does, um, to podcast listeners, especially since I know a lot of them, based on feedback I'm getting, are listening because they can't sleep right now. Mm, sure. In episode two, you, you explain how your breath work really helps you with your agoraphobia. How so? Somebody put that together for someone. Like, how, how could breath work help with agoraphobia? Well, agoraphobia is, um, you know, phobia means fear, and agora means marketplace. So I always say that technically my diagnosis is that I'm afraid of the mall, which is inaccurate, Jersey. That, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, for somebody from Jersey, that's not mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not it. <laughs> um, but what does apply is the fear of being out and about among sure. a lot of people. Wide open spaces is a great jam by the Dixie Chicks, but it's like not my ideal situation. Um, so to interrupt the fight or flight, or even to, to head it off at the path, um, the fight or flight or freeze response that happens a lot. Breathwork helps because you slow down your heart rate, 
you slow down your rate of respiration. Uh, when you're in fight or flight, your pupils dilate a little bit. Your Some people experience um, quadriceps muscles tensing uh, mm-hmm. so that you can flee. Um, sweatiness, tingling, a lot of times nausea as well. And so uh, I do different breathing techniques that, that help me. And by the way, of course, I want to say that nobody should feel ashamed if they use uh, medication to help them interrupt that process. I have found that sometimes I am able to use breath work early on, and then I don't have to get to the next step of feeling like I'm in a real emergency. Okay, so before I let you go, I'm going to ask you to recommend some breath work for us right now, something you think is simple that people can try during this time. Certainly. So if you are, if you are able um, it's a great idea to try the square breath, which is the four by four breath. And it's very simple. You want to have even counts and it helps to put your hand on your belly because we don't want to do that really intense, um, fearful panting breathing up mm-hmm. in our chest. We want to get that breath down into our belly if we can. So you breathe in for four even counts and then you hold for four even counts. And then you exhale for four even counts. And you try to get totally empty and hold in that emptiness for four even counts. And then you repeat again as necessary. And I would caution you that you might be surprised at how relaxed you get. So it's, it's good not to do necessarily <laughs> while operating heavy machinery because you might really chill out. Exactly. You might not stay vertical. You just need to make sure totally. you're a, in, a safe, in a safe place. My guest has been comic, actor, author, Sarah Benincasa. Her new podcast is called, Well, This Isn't Normal. The episode with Roxane Gay drops today. Sarah, thanks for doing what you do. Thank you, Allison. You're awesome. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash it or use code it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash it.